Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Health and Sports Show. My name is Tom Butterfield and I am mega pumped to be your host today because in this episode we're going to get into a subject that's bound to cause a bit of uh, controversy, challenge a few beliefs and hopefully get a really good conversation going between us all. We are going to get a bit more technical today than we have in previous episodes. So if there is anything that you sort of struggle to follow, um, then just please get in contact and hopefully I can help you get a bit more clarity with uh, whatever you're struggling with. But why do we do sit-ups? The answer is usually something along the lines of, and you'll have something in your head. It might be to get strong abs to flatten my stomach, to give me that six-pack, or strengthen my core muscles. But how many of us have actually stopped and asked the question of whether this is true or just something we assume is true? Any hands going up? Of course, I'll never know because it's a podcast. <laughs> so I'll never know. But um, if you have felt this way, or you do think this, then definitely stick with us and we'll see if it changes your view or opinion at the end or not. And again, if it does or it doesn't, just let us know in the reviews. That'd be great. But sit-ups and crunches are exercises that form a staple of every exercise class or training session that I think I've ever attended throughout my life. They bring that quite comforting burning sensation that uh, certainly lets you know that you're getting closer to that flat stomach or six pack that you're building towards. Or like we said, maybe it's core strength that you're pushing for uh, to either help improve your physical performance or rehabilitate from a previous injury or back injury, whatever it might be. And we use these exercises for any of those goals. But as you may have guessed, I have an issue with these exercises, <laughs> a, a big problem, to be honest, because I think not only are they potentially harmful, but also not quite fit for purpose, uh, considering the much better alternatives that are out there. So stick with me. Here goes. We're going to start with a little bit of an anatomy lesson okay, of the main muscles that we're going to be talking about today. Now, this isn't completely inclusive of every muscle that has anything to do with the abdominals because we're not going to talk about the obliques and we're not going to talk about different other muscles as well. But what we are going to focus on are the rectus abdominis muscle, I should say, and the transverse abdominis as well. So the rectus abdominis muscle are the six-pack muscles, okay? These are the most superficial, and therefore, these are the most visual group of muscles that we see, apparently. Mine must be shy, <laughs> I think. These, to get to see these muscles is like the holy grail of most avid sit-uppers or crunchers, I suppose. <laughs> but the transversus abdominis, and you might have heard of this a lot, you may not have. It's supposed to play a big part in our air quotes time core strength. Often we're told to, and this might be by a personal trainer, it might be by a therapist, whatever, suck your tummy in 
when you do sit-ups, okay? So suck your belly towards your spine in order to activate the transverse abdominus. Now, by going really deep into scientific world Wikipedia, <laughs> we can see that because Wikipedia is generally a place people go to, right? It's not a place I go to, but I want to see what people would generally go to. And, and Wikipedia, it says, the transverse abdominus is thought by most fitness instructors to be a significant component of core strength. So if Wiki says it, it must be true, right? <laughs> and if you want, you can go and check it out uh, and, and have a look at the page. I'm sure it's still on there. So let's, let's start with the transverse abdominus muscle while we're, while we're here, shall we? Now, having gone through the anatomy training that I have, I've seen the transverse abdominus, even though it's a, a, a deep muscle, we do see it on our anatomy models and we see it on our, our cadavers as well of, of people. Um, and it's actually a very, very thin muscle, which sits underneath or deep to the rectus abdominis and both the internal and the external oblique muscles. Okay, now I will try and put a picture of it in the show notes it won't look like much to, to you it'll just look like three layers of of you know bacon or whatever it is it's really not a big muscle at all but research has shown that the transverse abdominus works in direct tandem so alongside and with the deep muscles in the low back okay which are called the multifidus out of interest i'm not going to test you on it but they're called the multifidus when the body is loaded okay so when you load the body or you load the lumbar spine region the transverse abdominus switches on in tandem with the multifidus the deep muscles in the low back okay research has shown also that there's no link between transverse abdominus activity on its own and low back pain so if the transverse abdominus doesn't switch on, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get low back pain. Okay, so when people say, oh, you've got to switch your transverse abdominus on, it switches on if you switch your low back on, okay, and vice versa. So there's no one king of the core muscles, okay? They're a team. They're a, a band of merry muscles all hanging out together. Um, don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> but they all work okay they're all important otherwise they wouldn't be there sucking the stomach in never do this <laughs> when lifting anything or performing an exercise okay because you're loading your spine um, and making it less stable by reducing the circumference of the lumbar and abdominal regions okay have you ever seen a man or woman with a 28-inch waist picking up an atlas stone or taking part in a strongman event? No, you don't, do you? Think of the spine as the column that it is. Okay, it's the spinal column. And now think of those beautiful Roman columns that you would see uh, around the, the fantastic buildings in, in Rome and Greece and, and what have you. Have you noticed that the bigger the roof that it needs to support, the wider the circumference of the columns? 
not a coincidence. <laughs> it's basic physics. This works the same when you're lifting a load. If you make the column bigger, it makes you more stable and more able to withstand bigger loads. Okay, by all means, suck your stomach in when you're walking along the beach <laughs> or down the street, but don't lift while doing it. Don't crunch or plank while sucking your stomach in. It's only a matter of time before it catches up on you. The transverse abdominus is there to brace alongside the deeper, short muscles of the low back. Okay, they're all there to, to brace, increase the circumference of the, of the lumbar spine when under load. And this brings us nicely onto the, the rectus abdominis muscles. These are our six pack muscles, remember. And again, we'll look to our extremely reliable, <laughs> that is sarcasm, by the way, just in case, extremely reliable Wikipedia. The fountain of common sense knowledge, air quotes time again, that's at our fingertips. Um, <laughs> they have their opinion on the function of the rectus abdominal muscle. But before we get too in depth into the rectus abdominal muscles, it's important for us to widen our gaze and first understand the general functional principles of the body as a whole. Okay, what is the lumbar spine or the lumbar region designed to do? Well, according to research and an understanding of biomechanics, not Wikipedia, it's there to help transfer forces from the lower body to the upper body and vice versa. So in other words, it's not there to create power. It's there to create a bridge. It's there to create stability uh, for the body. Newborn babies are extremely mobile, but they have no stability. You might have noticed that we need to support their head when they're first born until their nervous system develops, their brain develops enough so that they can gain some stability or head control. In the lumbar region, a sign that they're starting to uh, gain some sort of control and stability is when a baby can start to roll over uh, either onto their front or onto their back because mobility is great but it doesn't work without any stability and vice versa so for example it's easier to jump off of a hard floor than it is to jump out of a sandpit because the hard floor is obviously very stable and we can transfer power off of that out of the soft sand, some of that power will dissipate as the sand gives way. So that lack of stability affects how mobile we can be. But we've got a nice simplistic view of, of how the body should work here. So I'll put the chart into or the table into the show notes so you can have a look at it. But I'll just describe it here as, as we go. So if we start from the top of the body, the glenohumeral joint, and that's the ball and socket joint of the shoulder, that should be mobile. The scapulothoracic joint, which is where the shoulder blade sits onto the ribs, that should be stable. The thoracic spine, the mid-back, should be mobile. The lumbar spine should be stable. The hips should be mobile. The knees 
should be stable and the ankles should be mobile. Okay, so you notice there that if one region is mobile, the one below it stable, and that follows throughout the whole body. Okay, so we can't have all stable areas, otherwise, we're just a stick of, you know, we're just a tree, basically. <laughs> it just can't move. And we can't be all mobile because then we don't have anything to push off of to actually move. We're just like jelly, we're just like a newborn baby. So, as we said, the lumbar spine or the low back is supposed to provide stability. Have you got that? Good, because it's important. So what the hell has that got to do with the rectus abdominal muscles? I hear you cry. Well, quite a lot, actually. There's a saying that I hear a lot from clients is that they always look after their spine. They bend their knees and not my back. Okay, that's what we're taught in moving and handling sort of classes or you know courses or whatever, isn't it? So what we're saying is that bending the back is wrong when you're at work or doing gardening, moving boxes, etc., doing anything. Okay. But wait a second. Wait a second. If we rotate you through 90 degrees, it's no longer a problem. Because now what we've got is we've got ourselves an exercise to shred our abs, right? <laughs> we can do this movement. We can bend our back hundreds of times a day, hundreds of times a minute. Some of us, not me. <laughs> we can do that as much as we like to get these fantastic abs that we're looking for. Probably noticing, you know, hopefully you're noticing that there's a bit of a contradiction here. If we look at the structure of the rectus abdominis muscles, it gives us a good clue as to its primary function. It apparently looks like this, okay? And I've, I've put a picture in the show notes that you can have a look at. It's not me. <laughs> it's definitely not me. And it looks very different to other muscles that are designed to flex or extend a joint, okay? So when we're doing a sit-up or a crunch, we're flexing, yeah? We're shortening the muscles, and then as we return back to laying on the floor, we're lengthening the muscles again. So muscles that help to flex or extend a joint, they look more like this, okay? And you can see we've put the rectus abdominis in the picture, and then we've also put a picture of the fibers of the bicep and the hamstrings, okay? So one, at the, one in the arm, one in the leg. And you can see the difference, hopefully. So those pictures are in the show notes. The rectus abdominis would look very similar to the others if it wasn't for those pesky horizontal tendons that give it that six-pack appearance. So why are they there? Why are those horizontal tendons there? So let's start putting it all together. We know that the low back is built for stability, not mobility. Okay, check. You've got that. And that the rectus abdominis looks different to all the flexor muscles in the body. Okay, tick. Therefore, can you see that because the lumbar spine is there for stability 
and the rectus abdominis muscle looks different to muscles that move things, that the rectus abdominis muscle is not there to help move the spine. So what the hell does it do then? <laughs> well, let's look at some structures out in the world that appear similar to this muscle, to the rectus abdominis muscle. Okay. All of those that have played football or seen football or know what football is, put your hands up. Okay. Yes, some of our rectus abdominis may look more like a football. Okay. But that's not where I'm going with this. The goal net. What's the goal net there for? The goal net is there to stop the ball going through it. And what does it look like? It's got horizontal and vertical strips of fiber that dissipate force under a load to stop it breaking through. Okay. Fishing net. Same thing. It's there for dissipating force through its structure and making sure that things do not break through. Therefore, the rectus abdominis is there primarily to keep your abdominal contents inside your body when it's under load. Okay, so it's there to stop your guts spilling out over the pavement, basically. <laughs> imagine a goal net if it only had vertical fibers. And imagine a fishing net if it only had horizontal fibers. The fish would break out and the ball would just pass straight through the net and the goalkeeper would have to run for once. <laughs> okay. As a centre forward, I don't have any sympathy for goalkeepers, I'm afraid. <laughs> so without those horizontal tendons in the rectus abdominis, we'd have a structure that under load would be parted like one of those old beaded curtains that my nan used to have at her front door. <laughs> there would be herniations everywhere. It would be very messy. There'd be guts spilling all over the place. <laughs> now, as I've worked through this episode, I've just looked down at the recording time and seen that this is getting to be a fairly long episode. <laughs> and I know that I'm only about halfway through my list of things I want to talk about. So rather than turn this into a, a huge, massive episode that you may drift in and out of because it goes on too long, I'm actually going to stop here and we'll call this the end of part one. And we'll also record a part two. And you can listen to that at your leisure. So hopefully you've got the idea of what the Rex Abdominus does, why I'm not too keen on sit-ups. Next episode, what we'll do is we'll talk through what the alternatives are and why. Okay, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope it didn't sort of mix your mind up too much. But if you do have any questions, like I said before, just get in contact. You can contact me at info at elevatehealthuk.com. Please feel free to put any questions into the comments. I'll always get back to you and, and answer those. May not be straight away, but we'll certainly get back and, uh, and answer them for you. Reviews are really important for us because it gives us the feedback to know what you're all enjoying what you're not enjoying, what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well. So if you want to give it the five stars, great. If you want to give it a one star, that's fine. It's the feedback that's important. So thank you again. 
take care and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.